They think they have Trump exactly where they want him. But once again, it is backfiring in the most spectacular way on the swamp, on corrupt Democrats, prosecutors everywhere. President Trump today in court. They thought this would be the end of him. It's the opposite. And to see him there defending himself when he actually doesn't have to be, this one's very, very important to him. They're trying to take away his entire empire. Now, as usual, I noticed a few things that escaped the uh, notice of your average commentator. Number one, the prosecutors giggling to themselves, giggling and enjoying themselves. What was that all about? Are they really, next picture please, are they really laughing at something funny or are they nervous? I think they're totally nervous. Like what, he actually showed up? Wait, this is actually going forward? What? Just a theory. Also, I've watched a lot of courtrooms. I've never seen a judge hamming up like this. Have you? What the hell is he doing? Who acts like that? Seriously, I've seen Judge Wapner. I've seen Judge Ito. I've seen Judge Judy. I've seen, one more time, please. Look at that mugging for the camera. Who does this guy think he is? It is totally weird. Yeah, what? Who, me? Yeah, you, bud. Judge Ergeron, is that his name? Take a look at all the Democrats to whom he has given money over the years. Lots and lots and lots of Democrats. This guy is what they call a clubhouse politician. And he said some pretty weird things over the years. Yes, horrendously liberal uh, uh, rulings, but also this. I love the freedom, the instant cash, getting to meet people, learning how to drive like a maniac without being caught. What? Like, you could never find a quote of Donald Trump saying he loved breaking the law and not being caught. What is this all about? He drove a taxi and he loved blowing off uh, regulations that endangered average people. This is serious, actually. And then there was the attorney general of New York. She shouldn't be the attorney general, Letitia James, who, look at this, she's just staring at the back of Trump, right? Isn't that, I mean, she should be at work. She didn't say one word in court, but she's just sitting there. Uh, this is a person who's a politician who doesn't know much. Actually, her colleague at one point looks at her like, are you crazy? Are you going to stare at him the entire day? <laughs> but this is who Letitia James is. Uh, she's very weird. She's not particularly smart. And she said a lot of things that she should not say. At least, look, you can think these things, I guess. That's wrong, too. But to say them out loud? Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. Wow. She's going to, what, get his ass? That's so bad, so wrong. She wasn't even attorney general. She's running for it. Now, in the next sequence, she tries to do this Maya Angelou thing and, and make herself sound really, really important. Um, but this is, this is disbarment material. You can't be, I think you can't be like this as an attorney. I'm running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. Did she say? Yes, she did. Never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. If I called Joe Biden an illegitimate president, you know how quickly I'd be banned from Facebook, kicked off of Twitter, right? Shadow banned, soft canceled, all kinds of things. But if you're saying this about Trump, it is a-okay. All right, and then today on the steps of the courthouse. My message is simple. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. 
and it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it. The law is both powerful and fragile, and today in court, we will prove our case. I thank you all for being here, and again, justice will prevail. Oh, it sounds so noble, but it's not. You heard what she said. Year before she's elected attorney general, we're going to get his you-know-what. And can we please stop pretending that Trump doesn't have the money? Who else? He's been flying his own plane since 1982. They are convinced he's not a billionaire. He's still, all these indictments, he's showing up in his own plane. But yeah, you keep going. Something I need you to know, though, about this attorney general, she believes that this is beautiful. Yeah, this horrendous uh, idea of drag queens showing up to read to kids in public school, well, she's even doing it herself. As attorney general, there she is on the left, showed up at this perverse festival for children run by drag queens. Now, what in the world would a law enforcement person being at something like this unless they had a totally corrupt agenda? All right, enough of her for the time being. Let's hear from President Trump. Man, he was strong. We're wasting our time on this trial with a Democrat judge from the clubhouses. It's a disgrace. They ought to look for the murderers and the killers that are all over New York killing people and the violent crime that's being committed in our city and our state is disgraceful and we're going to be here for months with a judge that already made up his mind it's ridiculous he's a democrat judge he's an operative and it's ridiculous other than that things went very well i love it i love it but i've never heard of that man right ridiculous and it is it is now the whole mainstream media, the whole universe is talking about President Trump. It's fascinating, though. Once he starts talking, this is available to all the networks on live television. Once he starts defending himself, what do they do? They run. They shut him down. They cancel him. They censor him so quick. Watch what happened. Okay, Donald Trump's civil fraud trial getting underway any moment now inside this Manhattan courthouse. The former president, you can see, is on site. He and his entourage arrived several minutes ago. And at the crux of this trial are the allegations that he, his sons, and his family empire committed fraud. Just so you know, my financial statements are phenomenal. They are actually less in terms of the numbers used. Than All the right, you've been listening to Donald Trump as he's getting ready to walk into the courtroom. Donald Trump speaking. I think now we know for sure this is a campaign event exactly for right. Donald Trump. <laughs> he's speaking. He's in court. They shut him down. They cancel it. They pretend for some higher reason they are dumping out of his, of his press conference, essentially. Yet, when Letitia James, his adversary, when she speaks... The world shuts down and listens. This is an opportunity for the Democrats to wake up and deal with okay. the border situation right now. Right. And, okay. and, and it's important. Again, wait, wait, it's important. We've got Letitia James yeah, let, here. Let's go to Letitia James and we'll, we'll come back to this. Motion for summary judgment. Today, uh, we will prove our other claims. My message is simple. No matter how powerful you are, all right, no now it's my turn to interrupt. <laughs> Let's turn the volume down on her. We heard from her plenty. I gave her her airtime. But you saw that, right? They just dump out of their interview, go right to her, breaking news, and they cancel. They soft cancel President Trump. We can't hear him speak. We can talk about him, but you can't hear from him directly. How about that? 
This lawsuit also, she filed it a year ago in September of 2022. It is now the first Monday in October. It's one year, basically, one year. You know how ludicrously fast this is for a complex trial like this? Simple cases take much longer to get to court. If you get divorced in Arkansas, the soonest time, the soonest would be 540 days from the time you file. Ever hear about the McDonald's case? Pretty simple case. Uh, somebody got burned in the drive-thru with the hot coffee <laughs> two years after the lawsuit was filed. Uh, there's a California matter. Uh, six years. California sues Quest Diagnostics. That took six years. Let's see. Oh, who remembers Brett Michaels when his head got uh, caught in the curtain? Uh, three years after it was actually filed. And it goes on and on and on like this. Totally not fair what is happening to President Trump. And God forbid President Trump defends himself. That just can't be. I mean, that is, listen to what they say, his defending himself is a threat to democracy. It's an extraordinary moment for our democracy, a former president denouncing uh, a, a sitting judge. Um, it's one thing to say that he felt he was treated unfairly, that he disagreed with the ruling. But this is this is really uh, going to the heart of uh, of our democracy, which, after all, relies on the rule of law, relies on confidence in courts and judges. What kind of statement is that? They're trying to take away everything from this man, his property, his freedom. He is allowed to defend himself. Judges are not special. They are American citizens, a member of Congress. They can blast the president. The mainstream media blasts him all day long, and he can't defend himself. That's what they're trying to set up. Now, they have failed hideously. Um, and you know what? President Trump's tough talk might just be working. I think that was very good. That last five minutes was outstanding because the judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we won at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80 percent of the case is over. I was going to come out and say that, as you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So. Uh, I think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury, but uh, the judge's last statement was very fair. Wow. I mean, sometimes this kind of pressure, it works. And just a quick recap, the ruling that the judge put out is seriously flawed. You don't have to be a lawyer to know this stuff. So Mar-a-Lago, you've seen these numbers, but it's important to, I think, go over again. The judge is so out of touch. That magnificent compound worth a maximum of $27 million, the judge cites an appraiser who's way, way off. Now, let's go through the comps. We've been doing this, and it's kind of fun to do. About a half mile away from Mar-a-Lago, a single-family home goes for $218 million. Granted, it's on a little private island there, but still, almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Next, please. Um, an unfinished penthouse on top of a landmark store in downtown Palm Beach goes for $18 million. All right. You see what's happening here. An apartment in West Palm Beach. An apartment. A six-bedroom apartment. Yeah, that's big, but it's a, still an apartment. $40 million. Uh, <laughs> you see what's going on here? He's being railroaded. He's being railroaded, and they're counting on people not being able to do a damn thing about it. 
it's still going to work out. It's still going to work out. This is not the first time Attorney General James has gone after President Trump, by the way. There was the matter of a painting from a few years back. Trump's foundation paid $10,000 at a charity auction in 2014 for a portrait painted of Trump. It was the second time Trump used foundation funds for a portrait of him. There is a number of instances where Trump spent money from his charity to benefit himself. He used it to buy two very large portraits of himself, including one that is now hanging as art in one of his sports bars. There are also these two portraits of Trump himself, which he paid a combined $30,000 for, uh, using all of the, only charity money. He used his charity's money to buy portraits of himself. One of them he hung up on the wall at Doral, his golf club outside of Miami. The other one, we don't know where it went. So absolutely despicable what they did, what those reporters did, and what Letitia James did, counting on people not understanding what actually really happened. The Trump Foundation wasn't a charity where they necessarily performed a service in, like, come to the Trump day camp or come to the Trump rehab center. It was a foundation that gave out funds that made grants. Lots of foundations do that. And when you go to a charity banquet, say, you might bid on a purse. You might bid on, I don't know, uh, a midnight dinner cruise. You might bid on a portrait of yourself, the bidder. They make money that way. The charity makes money that way. Half the money that Donald Trump spent on the portrait, half went to the artist, and half went to a home for abused and battered women and children. But they're counting on people not knowing that. It's really incredible. He was punished, the entire family punished for being generous. So today in court, Donald Trump had his, uh, his lawyers with him. And, you know, hats off to these guys, to Alina Haba and uh, Mr. Kai's there and the others, because it's tough being a lawyer for Donald Trump. The entire legal community comes after you. The media come after you. Clients, oh, they get nervous. You're representing Trump. We may not want to do business with you. And a guy like Attorney General Barr, the former chief legal officer of the country, has the nerve to say something like this. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, this is harming these people. He just brought on two new attorneys, Todd Blanche in April, John Lara just now. I mean, given what has happened with other attorneys that he's had, what would you what's your advice to his attorneys? Do you have any? Um, get a lot of insurance. <laughs> They'll be spending a lot of time themselves at some point, uh, uh, you know, before grand juries or answering questions or as witnesses in investigations. Why? Isn't every American citizen entitled to legal counsel? The former chief law enforcement officer in America seems to be giving a, a green light to the persecution and prosecution and harassment of the people representing Donald Trump, former president in court. What kind of country is this? It's barely recognizable, but I'm optimistic somehow. They're messing with the wrong guy and they're messing with the wrong movement. Us, MAGA, right? Right. We'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is power. Is freedom. Is money. Is health. 
is Newsmax. Millions watch it. So can you. Newsmax is real news for real people. All right, Atlanta, Georgia, Hotlanta used to be one of my favorite towns. Enjoyed going there, Buckhead, Phipps Plaza Mall, uh, Lennox across the street. Lots and lots of fun. However, crime has engulfed the city, and I'm not going back. Sorry. Um, now, this was just a nightmare. My goodness gracious, there was a shooting in, I believe, a primarily black neighborhood, and they wouldn't let a white cop investigate or help. Watch. You hear that? No white cops. Get your white face out of here. This is America. This is not America. This is a cruel perversion that's happened to America. It goes on. All right. I actually remember Mr. Rogers. Remember policemen or my friends and whatever happened in those days. Now, the Black Lives Matter T-shirt person says leave him alone at the end, which I think is semi-decent, but I can't tell what side she was on. And you know what? I can't actually totally blame the people who were harassing that cop. It's not, it's not really all on them. What do they watch on TV? Do they catch any mainstream media? It's really their fault. Watch. Police are supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started. How about community, real community policing, as opposed to suppression and racist policing? Whether okay. some policing is racist in its intent or in its impact. Absolutely. I do believe that there are aspects of the criminal justice system that are, you know, systemically racist. <laughs> Thank you, Officer Fanone, for nothing. Um, you listen to that stuff? Day in and day out, it's kind of, yeah, it's permeated society. And that poor cop on the beat has to deal with this, these toxic lies. All right. Gavin Newsom, uh, the governor of California, made a pick for U.S. senator. And her name is uh, something Butler. Butler is her name. Never held elective office. But he made good on his pledge. Kind of bizarre pledge to pick not the best person, but to pick a black woman. Maybe she's the best person, but he kind of confused the issue by insisting all along that it be a specific gender and race. It would be a, essentially a caretaker, an African-American woman. Uh, 
We hope we never have to make this decision, but I, I, I abide by what I've said very publicly on a consistent basis, yes. If, in fact, Dianne Feinstein uh, were to retire, uh, will you nominate an African-American woman um, to restore the seat that Kamala Harris is no longer in the United States Senate? And do you have a name in mind? I have multiple names yes in mind. Yes no. We have multiple names in mind, and the answer is yes. This sounds like a good thing to do in liberal circles, but he's actually, it's a selfish move on his own part, right? I mean, potentially, I don't see the world this way, but identity politics, right? Maybe he doesn't want another white, tall, skinny man with great hair to be a United States senator. That could be a threat to him. I have a feeling part of why he picked Ms. Butler, she won't be a threat to him politically. Let's go through her resume. Not much of one, all right? Uh, I'm not even sure if she lives in California. Apparently, she lives in Maryland. Never held elective office. Nobody, and I mean nobody, knows who she is. Clever move. Pretty sneaky there, Gavin. Let's see what happens next. All right. Ooh, uh, Merrick Garland. Some fake tears from Merrick Garland. Watch. American people must protect each other. They must ensure that they treat each other with civility and kindness, listen to opposing views, argue as vociferously as they want, but refrain from violence. For my own family who, who uh, fled uh, religious persecution in Europe um, and some members who did not uh, survive. When they got to the United States, the United States protected It guaranteed uh, that they could practice their religion, that they could vote, they could do all the things they thought a democracy would provide. Um, that's the difference between this country and many other countries. And it's my responsibility, it's the Justice Department's responsibility to ensure that that difference continues, that we protect each other. All right. Some of that's beautiful. But it's also part of a PR push, right, to make his persecution of January Sixers seem somehow righteous and him seem somehow more sympathetic. But remember this, the pressure on Merrick Garland, the most intense pressure, hasn't come from MAGA. It's actually come from the left. They've been furious with him for a long time. They think they sh he should have moved on indicting Trump like in January of 2021. He should have done it first. And they have let it be known. And Merrick Garland felt the heat for a long time. Why is Merrick Garland allowing this nonsense to continue? <laughs> he's such a he's such an institutionalist that maybe he's too afraid to go after Trump. Merrick Garland, if you indict Trump, you'll be my person of the year yeah. of the decade. The current Justice Department under Merrick Garland needs to do more. There's more Garland can do. You see, I'm telling you, and you should see what they're saying on the blogs and on Twitter about Merrick Garland. That's why he's kind of cracking. Anyway, thank you for listening, and we'll be right back. You know, everybody's reporting the same stories, the same spin. You turn the channel, it's always the same. But not us, we're different. We report the real news. No spin, just the facts. Turn to us and you won't turn back. Tune in to Rob Schmidt tonight on Newsmax. 
Well, you know how lately everything is LGBT, queer, this and that and everything? Not with everybody. And not with these leaders uh, in the Catholic Church. Uh, various cardinals have come together and they wrote the Pope uh, a pretty pointed letter saying, enough with this stuff. At least that's my read of it. Pope Francis is said to be rather liberal in his approach and that this rankled conservative Catholics um, from senior cardinals to uh, the parish priest and beyond. Uh, Our Alex Salvi has more on all this from Rome. The Pope's own words are unequivocal. The Catholic Church, under his pontificate, is relaxing its stance on same-sex couples. A letter released by the Vatican today stating that priests can ultimately use discretion in blessing members of the LGBTQ community so long as they don't conflate the blessing with the sacrament of heterosexual marriage. This is the most significant step by Pope Francis to weaken the church's long-standing approach on the issue, including a 2021 decree approved by the Pope prohibiting the blessing of same-sex couples. His remarks were released by the Vatican today in response to formal letters signed by five prominent cardinals, including Cardinal Raymond Burke from the United States, asking for the Pope's clarification on several hot-button issues. The cardinals, however, say the Pope's responses did not directly address the issues presented, and they're now resubmitting their inquiry in the form of yes-or-no questions. Pope Francis is taking a major step this week in pushing arguably the most progressive legacy of any pope. As members of a major church synod, the pope called for gather in Vatican City to debate new changes that could rock the ancient faith. A synod document released earlier this year laying out several topics that will be discussed in furtherance of this goal, including efforts to incorporate those who feel disenfranchised based on their sexuality, especially those in the LGBTQ community. The church has always viewed any sexual relations outside of marriage as sinful. And now, church conservatives like Cardinal Burke and other traditionalists say blessing LGBTQ members is not a matter of acceptance, but altering the very doctrine of the Christian faith. The Synod will discuss this very issue this month and bring it to a vote in 2024, at which point Pope Francis will have the sole discretion of rejecting or accepting potentially transformative changes. Greg, back to you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex Salvi, reporting in Rome. For more on all this, we're joined by Eric Metaxas, noted author, Christian, and he's written about these issues for many, many years. Uh, Welcome, Eric. How are you? Well, I'm great, except this is the most bizarre news. It's hard to process, to be honest. Well, good. I'm not the only one. Uh, What's going on here? (laughs) I'll tell you what's going on. It's very simple. Uh, When the Catholic Church itself begins to go off the rails, which is what is happening, you're forced to look to God directly. You're forced to look to Jesus if you're a Christian, because when the Pope is being confusing, deliberately confusing, on something as unbelievably basic as church teaching on sexuality from the beginning of time, it would be like me coming to a priest with my girlfriend. You've met my wife, Greg. I say, uh, excuse me, Father, I I I got this girlfriend. Would you bless us, please, together? What would he say? He would say, "Uh, excuse me, I think you're insane. Are 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 you serious? Uh, Yeah, Father, I I really like her very much, and I want you to bless my adulterous relationship with my girlfriend. Would you do that? Obviously, they would say no. The idea that this pope would signal that they're open to blessing same-sex couples 
is not just madness, it's heartbreaking because people need clear teaching from the church. What is right? What is wrong? When the Pope does something like this, he basically leads everyone to think that nothing means anything. Everything can change tomorrow. Tomorrow, you know, stealing would be okay, maybe. We don't, we don't want to take a firm stand on that anymore. I mean, of course you have to love people, but the idea that you would muddy these lines is very harmful to the faithful because people want clarity. What is right and wrong? What does the church teach? This is all, it's, it's frankly unbelievable. Is it happening because of, uh, well, let's face it, the Catholic Church has gone through some significant scandal, uh, priests and uh, children and that kind of thing. Is this a way of trying to get back in the good graces of the world of uh, to atone for that kind of stuff? I'm not saying it's that's Well, that, that's what I'm right, saying. In other words, this is, that, is not a corporation. This is, this is not, you know, uh, Apple or Coca-Cola. This is the church, theoretically, the Church of Jesus Christ. And so the idea that they would be thinking about public relations, that th this is not uh, an issue of public relations. This is basic black and white. What is the church teaching? What is the biblical teaching on marriage, on relationships that. between men and women? The fact that, that he would waffle on this and say, well, well, we still wouldn't accept it as marriage, but a priest could bless a same-sex couple. How is that different from me? bringing in my girlfriend. I don't have one, but if I did, I'd bring him to a church and say, Father, uh, you guys, um, you know, you have liberal views on these things. You know, life is kind of crazy. Would you bless me and my girlfriend? He would say, I'm sorry, we can't do that. That's called adultery. And I have to counsel you against the relationship. That's how I'm going to bless you is by counseling you that this is objectively wrong. These cardinals who are going, uh, who wrote this letter, uh, and they're on your side, they're on the conservative side, and I, I, I tend to agree, actually, but um, are they going to make any headway? Is this upper debate? I mean, it's kind it's of It's not a really a conservative thing, Greg. It's, I mean, it's basic church teaching. You could hate it, but it's the teaching of the church. In other words, this is not like I get something it. No, no, they no, made no. up. I, I totally understand that, but let me ask you, like, practically speaking, Who's going to win this thing? Is it up to the Pope, or do they vote on it? I, how does it work? Well, I am not a Catholic, but uh, I've, I've written enough on these things that I can tell you it's confusing. And what, what, the, what the Pope has done in responding in this mushy way, uh, he's kind of kicked the can down the road, but he's done the wink-wink where he's telling people, like, it, they're already doing this in Germany. Catholic churches in Germany are already doing this. So he's kind of doing the wink-wink to say, like, well, well we're going to look the other way. It's like we're not going to prosecute those crimes, but we're, we're not going to say they're not crimes. We're just uh, we're going to look the other way. It's unbelievably confusing to normal human beings who simply want to know, look, what is, what is the teaching of the church? What is right? What is wrong? What efforts should I make? Should I make an effort uh, to have this kind of a life? Should I make an effort to have that kind of a life? I'm looking for guidance, and the Pope uh, has done the antithesis of that. This is this is like very very dark, uh, very dark times for the Catholic Church. It's astonishing to to see it happening. All right, uh, yeah, it's so strange. And a previous version of me would be like, oh yeah, this is good. Lighten up on those rules, but. Today, where I am now spiritually, thank God, I, I, see, I, I see the truth. Uh, thanks to you in part. Thank you very much, Eric Metaxas. To be continued, please check out his uh, radio show and his Twitter and his podcast and all that good stuff. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Thank you.
you're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. So that's Congressman Jamal Bowman, Democrat of the Bronx, New York. And he's crazy. I mean, I knew one kid in school who pulled the fire alarm, and he was definitely crazy. Uh, The cops actually locked him up. And they didn't lock up Jamal Bowman. Why did he pull that alarm? His reasoning is totally insane. Well, just like he is. Anyway, his story has changed a few times. Uh, The White House has been asked about this guy pulling the alarm right in the middle of uh, budget negotiations. Take a look. Would President Biden ever try to get out of a meeting by pulling a fire alarm? (laughs) Are you talking about something specifically? A Democratic (laughs) member of Congress pulled a fire alarm around a series of votes. No fire. Is that appropriate? What I can tell you is uh, I have not talking to, spoken to the president about this, uh, and so just not going, just not going to comment. I will leave it up to. I know there's a House process moving forward right now. I'll leave it to the House. Not funny, KJP. What if there was a real fire and the fire trucks went to the Capitol instead? Right? Uh, AOC thinks it was fine. <laughs> They are protecting someone who has lied to the American people, lied to the United States House of Representatives, lied to congressional investigators, but they're uh, filing a motion to expel a member who, in a moment of panic, was trying to escape a vestibule? Give me a break. I don't know what she's talking about, but I like her hair that way, right? It's different somehow. Uh, Look, this guy, Bowman, is crazy. I've been saying it for a long time. I think it was last year he got into the most bizarre shouting match with a pretty cool guy, uh, Congressman Massey. Watch what happened. They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been... I'm talking about gun violence. That allows teachers to carry. Carry guns? Which, you think which more guns lead to more death? More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. All right, and it goes on like this for about 20 minutes. Um, this guy needs some rest, don't you think? I think he needs some rest. We'll be right back. What a. Well, it would have been shocking a couple of years ago, but now, eh. It's another Monday. President Trump in court um, defending himself. And he did not have to be there. You know, he's, uh, his business empire is under attack, fraudulent attack, we may add. And uh, in our opinion, in my opinion, um, he was very, very vocal outside the court. He was joined by some of his most trusted lieutenants, including Jason Miller. You see him off on the left there with the glasses and the beard? That's Jason Miller, who's been with Trump for many years now, senior advisor to President Trump. Welcome, Jason Miller. Uh, Great to see you. What was that like being at the president's side today? Well, unfortunately, Greg, we've had to do this one too many times now, and I'd much rather be in Iowa or New Hampshire, my old home of South Carolina, but instead these 
Trump-hating monsters have us here in New York for another example of election interference. Uh, but, you know, Greg, you started to touch on this in the beginning, but I think what President Trump really wanted to do here is make sure that he got his side of the story out. The media, the fakes, are never going to go and actually listen to what he has to say unless he shows up and does it himself. Yeah, it is a wild. Uh, they talk about him all day long, but they don't like to show what he's saying. Uh, they took a little of it today. Let me ask you this. Uh, he did not have to be there today, correct? Technically speaking, the other cases he did have to be there, and he was. Why do you think he I guess you just addressed it. He wanted to be there for that. Did he actually score a bit of a victory today on the way out? I heard him say 80% of the case was actually essentially dropped. Yeah. And so today was a fascinating day. I'm glad we were able to talk about it. You know, at the beginning of the day, we we're talking about the election interference and this Trump hating judge who said that Mar-a-Lago was only worth 18 million dollars. And Letitia James was there looking all smug. And so really got started off in pretty much the, the partisan bent that you would expect from the Biden Democrats. But then late in the day, the judge gave an answer where he seemed to not only acknowledge but also accept this 5-0 appellate court decision that would throw out, as you referenced, 80 percent of the case. This was a 5-0 decision in the appellate court. The current judge, the Trump-hating judge, has not fully accepted it, but he appeared to do that. And what this would be on is on statute of limitations and other issues. And so this was a massive turning point in the case in President Trump's ability to then go out to the hallway to talk to the cameras, then elevated to everybody. If we didn't have the president there, if we didn't have the cameras, no one would even know this is happening. Wow. Now, this suit was filed last September. It is now the first Monday in October. One year, this is a complex case. There are slip and fall cases that take longer to get to court. How do you guys view this? Is, this, is, this is a rush on their part? Well, you take a look at it's all you got to look at it all in one package, whether you have Letitia James, whether you have Alvin Bragg, whether you have Fonnie Willis, whether you go up to Merrick Garland, whether you have crooked Joe Biden himself. This is all part of the orchestrated effort, the election interference, because right now President Trump is ahead by 10 points. But after this acknowledgement of the 5-0 appellate court decision today, where 80 percent of this should be thrown out. Uh, Greg, I tell you, I think this judge, I think Letitia James, they have to throw this case out. It never should have been brought in the first place. But now that everybody saw it, the lights shone on it, I think the gig is up here. So in 2016, you know, President Trump was shocking the world on Twitter and at his rallies. These things are kind of shocking the world in the same way. And yes, it's accruing to his benefit. Um, is that how you see it as well? I feel like this is the new Twitter of 2024, the same kind of thing. He dominates the headlines. Before it was Twitter and his words, now it's this stuff, and it's backfiring on them. It really is backfiring on them in a big way. But you know what? No one wants to have to go through this. And the fact that we have someone like President Trump, who obviously has served the country and wants to come back and do it again, the fact that he has to spend his time with him being under assault, his family being under assault, his businesses being under assault, the fact that they would do this to someone who wants to save the country, in my opinion, is just disgusting. All right. And how about this? Uh, as he goes through this, um, we are looking at, well, time away from the campaign trail, to be sure. Ah, I want to run this by you. John Yu, former Bush administration official, says that, again, he's a Bush administration official, former, says that Trump knows he's lost this thing, and now he's just playing to his base. He's using this as a political opportunity. And based on everything you just said and what happened tonight, there's no way he's losing this thing, at least in your eyes. 
No, not at all. After we've gone through one, two, three, four indictments, and again, everybody sees through exactly what is going on here. This is part of the effort to stop Trump. In fact, don't forget Letitia James, going back to 2018, before she was even elected, when she was campaigning for office, campaigned on getting Trump, saying that she wanted to show up and try to sue him every day. But President Trump's numbers keep going up. It's it's really, it's unlike anything we've seen, not just in American history, but I think probably in world history. But people realize, they see Joe Biden, the cognitive decline, they see he can't string two sentences together. Inflation, 19% cumulative inflation over the last three years. Our southern yeah. borders, disaster. And great, right here in New York, I love New York, what they've done in this city, with the crime and the illegal immigration and the filthy streets. I tell you, Alvin Bragg and Letitia James, uh, the whole group of these Democrats, uh, they have just screwed up this beautiful, once beautiful city and once beautiful state. It's disgusting. Finally, Jason, is there anything that you picked up on the courtroom that the pictures don't tell us, that the transcript is not going to tell us, the, the body language of Letitia James, uh, the prosecutors? I noticed they were nervously laughing. It seemed to me they were nervous. Anything like that? Anything you spotted that might be interesting? Yeah, so this is one of the things about being inside of the courtroom where you can see it. Alina Haba, who's one of President Trump's attorneys, when she got up there and absolutely ripped apart this case, the politicization of it, the judge's behavior, his uh, terrible ruling, uh, the page 25 of his summary judgment where he put in there about the $18 million valuation. And when she lit up Letitia James and the gross political nature of this, Letitia James was just gritting her teeth and shaking her head side to side. But just the fact that Letitia James showed up and was staring at President Trump like that, so disrespectful. This is about politics and nothing else. Yeah, it was weird, too. It was just weird. She's staring at the back of his head like that. Well, Jason Miller, continued success. Jason Miller, senior advisor for President Trump. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll be right back. It's true. I am an America first, liberty loving Latino. That's why I know this country is worth fighting for. That's why the Chris Salcedo Show will always tell you the truth. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. Hey, everybody. A little bit about why I do what I do. Hmm? It's because of this little girl and her little sister and their mommy. This is uh, Annalise. What do, you want to, what do you like about school? I like it about my Not exactly sure. Uh, that's a beautiful raincoat, though, right? Listen to this. Watch her. <laughs> Isn't that nice? And sometimes we get really brave and we ride the train together. I know, a risky move these days. Won't be doing that anytime soon. But I love you, baby, Annalise and Madeline, and, of course, Judith, my wife. Anyway, a little bit uh, the three big reasons why I'm involved in this. In this. So thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow.